You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about the church, you can reach us at www.bethelassembly.info. Well, excited, man. I love the team here. Yeah, give it up. Your pastors are, as I would say, legit. So give it up, man. They're, you guys got a great team, great church. Um, man, I'm, I'm excited. Every, every time uh, Pastor Chris gives me a call to come hang out and speak here, it's really exciting. And it's great that it worked out that our worship team can come. I just want to let you know uh, our worship team there, uh, their students are very involved in our ministry next week. Um, we're on a spring break. We're doing six different mission trip locations that we're going. We're going to have six teams go to six different locations. Uh, we're going to have somewhere around uh, 70 to 80 students going on mission trips uh, all throughout locations. So all, everybody on this team is going on a trip. So I'm glad that it worked out they can be here because next week they'll be gone and we're really excited for what God's going to be doing. So you kind of uh, heard, I, I'm a Kai Alpha missionary, and for some of you guys, you're like, what is that? It sounds like maybe a fraternity or sorority, uh, but it is not. Uh, Kai Alpha actually stands for Christ Ambassadors. Um, if you grew up in the assemblies years ago, you remember that the youth program used to be called that, so they ditched it, we kept it, and then we kept going with it, right? So um, basically, what we do is uh, we go to campuses across the country, and we establish a campus ministry. And it's a way that we interact with the students, we interact with the school. And at Missouri State University, there's around 24,000 students that go to Missouri State University. It's an incredible university, and we have a Chi Alpha, a campus ministry there on that campus, and we have weekly services. In fact, tomorrow we have our Chi Alpha services, a service every Monday at 8 p.m. Uh, we uh, have it there in the student union. We do what we call community groups. Uh, you guys were known as small groups throughout the week. We do. Uh, we connect with the school. We do uh, um, kind of programs like Loving on Your Campus. It's a way that we can outreach to the school, connect with them, just show people that Jesus loves them, and he is a God that wants to have a relationship with them. And we see a lot of exciting things. We do nine mission trips throughout the years. At time, we have done 13 mission trips that we have gone in. We have hundreds of students throughout the years go on mission trips. And we're a part of kingdom building. And that's what kind of Chi Alpha does in a sense. We're like, uh, uh, like kind of like a church on campus. And we interact with that. Now, the whole team couldn't be here. My whole team couldn't be here. That is my family. And we've got a picture of the crew. They'll say, that is my, my whole family. Yes, I am a dean of women. I am a dean of women in my house. I uh, run a women's dorm. And... Uh, that is my wife, Candace, my oldest, Eliana, and my youngest, Lila Lou Bear, all right? So, uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's my family, and yeah, um, you know, living in a household with a, a bunch of women, I don't, you know, I, I just hug them, I don't try to come up with solutions, and uh, women are way smarter, and I'm, I'm fine with that, and uh, my wife is awesome, and I'm so blessed. Um, just to, to have a great family. And, um, you know, uh, for, for me, you know, when, when you think about missions, right, when you think about uh, this concept, right, we're, we're doing 
Missions Emphasis Week, right? Where we're emphasizing for these next two services, right? This, this Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to be talking about missions. And, and I, I want to let you guys know, before we dive into this, we, we got to understand that Jesus was the first missionary, right? He, he, he dwelled in heaven, right? It, it says, Paul talks about this, he, he left the comfort of heaven. He left that. He came down to earth. He, he took the form of a human, and he reached out to the earth. Technically, Jesus was the first missionary, right? This concept of being sent, this concept of going out, this concept of loving others is something that Jesus embodied and exampled in his life. Now, for, for me... Like, I, I'm, I'm a deal, I like getting deals, right? Some of, you, some of you guys, like, you know, when you see a sale, like, at a department store, it just, you know, it gets you going. You're like, what, what's in here? You know, you're, you're a bargain shopper. You, you like to get deals. If, if I buy something at cost, I, I walk away from the store, like, a little disappointed. I'm just going to be real talk with you guys, right? And, and for some of you guys, like, you know, you, you like, you, you try to get that deal. You're a negotiator. You're always working it down. Like you have something, like if you ever had this, right, happen to you, if you're bargaining with somebody and um, you're like, all right, uh, you know, the, if the item costs $100, you're like, uh, you know, would, would you take 80 for it? And if they answer right away, they're like, yeah, I can take 80. You know, if you're a legit, if you're a real bargain shopper, they answered quick, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I should have said 60, right? You're like thinking it in your head. I'm, I'm that guy, all right? I'm just like, ah, oh, man. Like, I'm, I'm always trying to get the best deal. And I think for us, that's, that's what we want for, for life, right? We want to get the best deal in life. Like, and there's, like, commercials and, and quotes and sayings around this concept about getting the most out of life, right? Getting the most. There's, there's like a lot of commercials like live your life to the fullest, right? You don't see a commercial like uh, live your life to the halfest, okay? It doesn't, doesn't even exist. It's not a real word, okay? Like, you know, everybody wants to live their life to the fullest. Get the most out of life. It's like usually like, you know, they're selling some kind of drug and it's like get the most out of life. And then they talk about like all the like you know, if you take this, you know, your ear might fall off or something like that. <laughs> like some people are like, you know, I could take an ear, take an ear out. But like this, this is something that's really like important for us. We want to know that we got the, the best deal. We want to know that the exchange of finances, that whatever we got was worth that exchange. Whatever time we put in was worth what we're getting back. It's something that's in us. Like, we don't want to walk through life without that understanding and that concept. You see, that negotiating kind of gene, for somehow, it's, it's connected with my old, oldest daughter. She's a negotiator. Oh, she is a negotiator. And she's been, like, ever since she turned, like, two, she was just wheeling and dealing in the Estrella household, okay? Right? Like, one time, my, my wife, we were, you know, she was sick, and we took her to a doctor, and we are giving her some medicine, and she didn't like taking the medicine, of course, like all kids, you know what I mean? Every medicine that you, you give, I feel like, 
you know, medicine companies, like, how can we make this kind of taste like blueberry, but enough that it would tarnish them for the rest of their life? Like, how can we get that? How can we, how can we make this kind of seem like it tastes good? Right, so she didn't want to take the medicine and, you know, uh, you know, so every time what my wife did was, hey, why don't you, like, take the medicine and I'll give you a marshmallow. Now, my daughter, she loves marshmallows. She loves marshmallows. So all of a sudden, she would take the medicine and, and she'll get the marshmallow. And this was a good deal. This was a good deal. And we had to take this medicine for 10 days and, like, we're counting down the days and, you know, my, my, my wife was telling her that, you know, hey, this is, today is going to be the last day that you have to take this medicine. And she's kind of letting her know that she's kind of made it through. And that same day, we get a phone call from the doctor, all right? They've taken a sample, right? And they've tested that sample. And they, they've seen other things in that sample that the medicine that we're giving our daughter did not cover, all right? So now she has to take some other medicine for another 10 days, all right? So this happened. We're on the tail end of our deal here. And we're sitting down, and then we have to give her more medicine. And my daughter's saying, no, you said this was the last one. You said this was the last. And she's like, I'm sorry. And, you know, try to explain that to, you know, a two, three-year-old, okay? Like, well, the doctors call, and then, you know, they took a sample, right? They tested it under microscopes. You know, it's not going to work. Right? And she's like, ah, you know, she, she doesn't want, and she's like, I'll give you a marshmallow. I'll give you a marshmallow. And at that moment, my daughter pauses and looks my wife right in her eye and says, no, two marshmallows, <laughs> two marshmallows. You see, like we just, it's something that is in us. We want to get the best deal. And you know, when you, when you think about this concept of, of God in, in, in his kingdom, it's something that's very, very important to us. Like this, this great question was asked to, to Jesus about the kingdom God, right? Because at that time in Jewish culture, they were waiting for this concept of the kingdom of God to come. And at that time, they really believed that this king, the Messiah, would be a great king, an actual king. He'll be richer than Solomon. He'll be, he'll be you know, stronger than David. And he would arise and kind of rescue them from the oppression that they were facing with Rome. And th- this concept always sweeped around the kingdom of God. They literally thought that it was an actual political empire kingdom. And this question was asked to Jesus in Luke 17, 20 to 21. And this is how Jesus answered that question. You know, they asked, you know, you know, when would the kingdom of God come? And we'll start in verse 20. It says, once being asked by a Pharisee, when the kingdom of God will come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God is not something that you can, that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. It, it says in, in, in some translations, it says it is amongst you. It says in others, it is within you. This concept of the kingdom 
of God. You see, what Jesus was trying to explain, what Jesus at that moment was establishing, that the kingdom of God is not a political empire. It's not a building. It's not a castle with a drawbridge. It is within us. As You see, as we accept Jesus, as we come forward and acknowledge who Jesus is, we build the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God is not buildings, it's not a structure, it's not a political system, it is people believing in Jesus. The kingdom of God is within you, it is in your midst, it is around you. You live out the kingdom of God. As we accept him, we become a part of the kingdom of God. I am looking right now at the kingdom of God, not this structure but the people. We are the kingdom of God. And and this was constantly shared throughout the scriptures. And and Nicodemus, you know, was interacting with Jesus. And he acknowledged that Jesus was from God. And they had this interaction in John 3, 5 through 7. And Jesus answered him, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God Unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you you must be born again. You know, this concept of us accepting Jesus and the spirit of God flowing through us, the spirit, us understanding that is the building of the kingdom of God is us becoming born again. You see, there's things that we have to understand about the kingdom of God, right? We, we have to understand that the kingdom of God is eternal. It's eternal. It's like, you know, some, some, of, you, some of us, like, uh, you know, some of you guys like, like cars, you know, that, that car is not going to last forever, right? But the, the kingdom of God people will. The, the, the kingdom of God building, it is e- eternal. It says in Daniel 4.3, it says, how great are his signs, how mighty are his wonders, his kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. You see, the kingdom of God, is, it's eternal. It's an eternal investment. It is a forever. When somebody comes into the kingdom of God, it is something that is forever. As long as we accept him, as long as we follow him, it is eternal. And it's hard for us to imagine this concept because now, there, you know, it's hard for us to interact with the eternal. It's, it's because we don't, we don't interact with it from day to day. You know, companies come and go. Our jobs might come and go. Our physical body would eventually go. But one thing that is for sure, the kingdom of God, us, Dwelling with Jesus, when we accept him, it is an eternal concept 
that we're interacting with. As long as we acknowledge, as long as we continue to follow Jesus, it is eternal. Right? And there's not too many things that we can interact with at that level. The kingdom of God is eternal. You see, there was in Matthew 13, starting at verse 44, Matthew 13, starting at verse 44, it talks about this this concept of the kingdom of God, us believing in him, us living with that kingdom of God in us. That means that we love others. That means that we care for others. That means that as we interact with his glorious love, we share that with others. As we interact with his glorious grace, we share that with others. You see, one of the greatest ways to show God's love is to other people. We have to understand that, right? When we stand before God and we, and we plead Jesus' grace and we, we interact with God and when we talk about the things we have done, we're never going to say, God, I love you so much, God. I love you so much that I bought myself a new car. That's how much I love you. It was a great car. I love you a lot. Had rims. I love you. No, man. It says even in scriptures, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. When you love others... It is the purest way to show God's love. And this concept of God's kingdom, it is, it is so precious. It is so precious. And it says in Matthew 13, starting at verse 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man finds it, he hides it again. And then go, then in his joy, I love how it says that, then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. He sold everything that he had and bought that field. It goes on to say again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearl. Then he finds one of great value. He went away and sold everything he had and bought it. There's something we have to understand. Not only is the kingdom of God, not only is the kingdom of God eternal, but it's the greatest investment we can ever make. The kingdom of God is the greatest investment we can ever make, okay? It says that the kingdom of heaven, the, the concept of us loving others, us investing into others, us giving into others, us sharing the love of Jesus, it is the greatest concept that we can ever invest into. It is eternal and it's everlasting. You see, it's worth like a precious pearl that really, it says, literally we sell everything we have for it. This is a concept that we are allowed to sell out for. We are allowed to give everything for. And even God himself gave his son to the concept and the principles of the kingdom of God. People, the kingdom of God is eternal. 
And it's the greatest investment you can ever make. Everything else in our life disintegrates. But the kingdom of God, people understanding who he is, that is eternal. That is one of the only eternal things that we will interact with. That is the only eternal thing that we can invest in. So your time that you invest in people is eternal. They just talk about they need help with kids. That is an eternal concept that you are interacting. All your investment will bring back dividends. And that, it is a great investment you can make. So if you want to talk about what's worth your time, those kids are worth your time. Those kids are worth your time. And you know what? When you give towards a mission, when you pray, when you take time in your service for missions, this is a concept that God himself dedicated his son for. This is a concept that Jesus himself embodied and lived out in his life. It is a great investment. It was so great that Jesus sold out for it. He gave everything. He gave his life and his body for it. Because it was great and worth it. And there's people all over this country giving to missions. And there's There's missionaries going to other countries. We happen to be at Missouri State University working with Chi Alpha. Me and my family, we're the directors there. This team, Agent Andrew, is an intern. He's an actual missionary associate. He raises his funds to be on campus. He's going to graduate this year, become a licensed minister. I'm excited to say he will be a part of the team there at Missouri State. We're raising up ministers. I'm excited to see one day Andrew being a director at a campus somewhere and doing great things for God's kingdom and for him to continue to interact with the greatest investment and the eternal investment of the kingdom of God. And here's what we have to understand. There, you know, on, on, on campus, man, we, we get students from all over. We get international students. We get students from China. We get students from all these countries all over. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. We get to interact with other cultures. We learn, I learned so much about myself. When you interact with another culture, you learn so much about yourself. You learn in areas that you, you can improve on. You know, you think you're hospitable. You interact with other cultures. You're like, man, I, I probably need to grow in this area. You think you're a good friend. You interact with other cultures. You're like, man, I probably can grow in this. And we've learned so much. And, you know, we have international students from all over. And there's, there's one international student that we connect with. We have on Fridays, we have an international service that we have with our international students. And years ago, there was a student when I, when I first got involved in campus, and his name was Philip. Now, Philip was from Indonesia. And, and Philip had a, a, a very uh, uh, interesting rhythm in life and just an interesting rhythm of talking and everything. It was like if you went to an event and let's say the fun level of that event is a seven and Philip came along, it just went up to a nine, okay? Just not because Philip was trying, because Philip was being Philip, okay? 
And just so you can just get in mind kind of the, the rhythm of, of Philip, there was one time I was in the office. I heard somebody coming in. I couldn't see in the door. I'm like, who's there? And he's like, it's me, Philip. <laughs> just to let you know and give you an idea of Philip, one time we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and we're about to eat wings and and uh, Philip orders, and he's like, I'm going to order the blazing. And we're like, Philip, man, that's really hot wings. It's their, it's their highest level of heat and wings. Now, I've seen Philip eat very hot stuff. And he's like, oh, it's all right. I got it. Oh, no big deal. All right? And we're like, Philip, it, it, this is really hot. This is the same trip that we're about to go on this trip, and we send out this mass message. And we're like, hey, guys, there's not that much room in the van. Make sure you pack light. Philip messages back and he's like, what is a pack light? I do not have a pack light. <laughs> and one of my students get on and he's like, don't worry, Philip, I'll help you out. I'll bring an extra pack light for you. <laughs> and we're sitting there in Buffalo Wild Wings and, and the, the food comes out and we start eating. We start eating and I look over and Philip is like, ah, ah. I was like, he's like, ah, ah. I was like, Philip, I, I told you it was going to be hot, Philip. He's like, ah. He's like, I thought it was going to be American hot, but it is man-seeking hot. <laughs> Welcome, Philip. And we loved him, man. We ministered to Philip. I remember towards the end, he was kind of deciding if he can stay one year or not. And it becomes very complicated towards the end because you need certain paperwork to be handed in. You need companies to approve you. And for you to st- kind of stay one year and do an internship after your school is up, it's kind of just a, a, a visa regulation. And, you know, we're, we're thinking that Philip was going to stay. And all of a sudden, we get the news that, like, Philip has to go. Like, and it was pretty abrupt. It's like, hey, I, I, you know, I got to go. And I was like, when? And it was like, you know, two days. I'm out of here. And we're like, you know, so, you know, you compile this years of relationship. All of a sudden, like in, in two days, you got to kind of conclude it in a sense. And it's, it's a little emotional, you know. You know, you love him, this person, he, he becomes a part of your family. And it's kind of just the way it is at times. And, and it, I, I got to tell you, when, when Philip was leaving, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that was very joyful because... Philip just started having these deep interactions with, with Jesus, just understanding who Jesus is and really praying. And, and at, at times we'll be like in, in, in small groups and stuff, and Philip will share these deep and, um, you know, just always sometimes he, he would say, I'm ashamed of myself. I, I need to become more bold. I need to become more strong. And, you know, a lot of times we're like, Philip, you know what I mean? Like, why are you so hard on yourself? And the concept that he was interacting with is that Indonesia is actually the, the largest percentage-wise Muslim country in, America, in, the, in the world. I, I think over 90% of the country is Muslim. And he knew that he was going to go back there and kind of interact with that culture and at times, he didn't feel like he would be safe. And constantly, he would kind of share these concepts. And, you know, it is just so, you knew that he was going to face this when he leaves. So, we, you know, we didn't have a church that we can send him to. We didn't, we didn't have deep connections there. So we knew we are just, you know, we trained him up the best we can. This came erupt. We didn't have time to prepare. And we're sending Philip off. I remember that last day, just helping him load up and, 
giving Philip a hug. Just telling him how much we loved him and we cared about him. And some off, and I, I got to be honest, it was, a, it was a, a hopeless feeling that I was interacting with. You know, and we're just hoping for the best for, for Philip. And we're believing that, you know, we're praying that God just, just do something. God, we need somewhat of a miracle from you. Please create a community or just give, give Philip some boldness. Just, just you know, and we're, we're just literally praying some, like, just miracle stuff to happen. And we send Philip off, and, you know, at times after that, we'll interact with him sometimes on Facebook, just kind of see how he's doing. And, and one day, I'm, I'm, I'm just hanging out, and I get a text message from my friend. Uh, his name is Jordan Hansen, and his, and his mom um, uh, and, and her husband, they, um, they became missionaries. And he sends me a picture. They actually became missionaries to Indonesia, right? And I, I get a picture, and, and Jordan knew Philip. And, in fact, Jordan called Philip Big Indo. He's like, what up, Big Indo? And, like, guess who my mom ran into in Indonesia? And there it is, a picture of his mom and Philip. You know, there's, there's people who gave to those missionaries. In fact, I didn't even know those missionaries. But I want to let you know that the investment into the kingdom of God is a great investment. In fact, it is the greatest investment that you can make. It is an eternal investment that you can make. And I thank you so much for the people. I thank so much for the people who gave to these missionaries and believe what they can do through the power of God. They believed what they can do. And here's a guy who we poured into and we loved and now has a community of believers there in Indonesia. A place that a body of Christian believers are rarely seen and we were able to reach and build that for Philip. See, the kingdom of God is a great investment and is eternal. And how's that look? I always love to give visuals. I interact with visuals, right? That, I, that is the best way to interact. So when, when you think about the kingdom of God and how people come into the kingdom of God, I love how God kind of gave us a visual of people coming into the kingdom of God. And that's people being baptized. It's in a sense how we can get a visual of people making a public declaration of their inward change. They're publicly saying, man, I proclaim Jesus in my life. You see, and what makes that moment powerful, it's not the person who is guiding the service. It's not the person who is dunking the person who is confessing Jesus. There's nothing special about that person, nothing special about the water, right? If, who, who here got baptized in a pool? Raise your hand, all right? Somebody probably peed in that pool at one point. <laughs> nothing, nothing special about the water. Nothing special about the water, right? What makes it special is that public decoration that that person is saying. It's a communal thing. It's a community of believers that could get behind such a unique moment and said, I saw when you made that public decoration. I saw that. I was a part of that. When you came out the water, I celebrated that. Is for us as the kingdom of God, as a body of believers, that we can interact with people accepting Jesus. 
being a part of the kingdom of God, and it's beautiful. You see, every year, we, we actually have baptismal service three times a year at Missouri State High Alpha, four times actually a year. And we have one after our retreat every year. We do a fall retreat, and your church has invested in our fall startup, and part of that is our fall retreat for years, and we thank you so much for that investment. In fact, every person that is their first time to fall retreat, we pay for half of their retreat costs. So they can be there. And we've baptized so many students in that fall retreat. The kingdom of God, it's eternal. It's people. You know, if, if at the end of our life, if, if the investment we make is in people, it is the greatest investment that we can make. Not in a company, not in a in, in a, a political system, not in a building, not in a car, not in finance. It is people. And Jesus came to show God's love, to show his love to people. And as we interact in life, we expand the kingdom of God. As you love your neighbor and you love your co-worker and you give to missions and you sacrifice for these eternal concepts, you are giving to the greatest investment that you can ever make. It is the kingdom of God. And I thank you for your consistent support to Missouri State Chi Alpha. I thank you so much that I can call you guys in the beginning of the year and you guys can be there for us. I thank you so much for your prayers and I thank you for interacting with the greatest investment and the eternal investment of the kingdom of God. Pastor, thank you.